just know what's a more important question and a question that is going to always serve you is what matters. What matters to me? Welcome to the Love Your Life Show for spiritual beings having a human experience here on Earth School. Hello, we're just entering into a conversation before Q&A just around the topic of purpose. And the question I just threw out is, where are you with that inquiry? Is it a stressful thought? Is it a peaceful thought? How do you, how do you work with it? And what does it mean to you? So when we're tense, tension is that which will uh, have us feel disconnected from receiving inspiration. Inspiration, the literal translation of inspiration means to be breathed into by the divine creative forces. So when we are carrying tension, it's much more difficult to receive, to connect with and receive the voice of, and there are so many different ways of describing it. The Rumi described it and Hafiz as the voice of the friend or the voice of your inner guidance system, the voice of your um, higher self, right? Call it the voice of your guides. So when we're tense, it's much more difficult to catch the direction and to feel the sensations of inspiration. Um, some of you may have heard uh, either the, the talk that I shared previously, uh, the pie talk, passion, inspiration, enthusiasm. And Bashar also has a really great uh, talk that some of you may have heard where he says that the, the most important thing to follow is the, sen- uh, I'm paraphrasing him, the sensations of excitement. Right. So I really love relaxing, trying to identify what one's purpose is and instead focus on. You can call it different things, a conviction statement or basically what that translates into is what matters to me, what matters. Right. For those of you that are that that know Laura, how she would answer that question is what matters to me is that I help prepare people for coming shifts. What matters to me is that I help people be free of unnecessary suffering. That includes myself. So your purpose is always going to include yourself. Your conviction, your your passion, your enthusiasm will always include you your, yourself. In fact, for so many healers, helpers, um, yogis, lightworkers, ever the hardest thing to do is to make sure your cup is filled first because it is so easy to get resentful and burnt out when we give and give and give to others from fumes. I'm sure everyone here has driven their car when you're like, I don't know how I'm still going, but the line is like under E. (laughs) And somehow you go those last 10 miles. Right. So (laughs) you get a few passes on that, I think, and you do, (laughs) but you don't always know when they're going to happen. And, and I'm sure each of us can find times where it's like, wow, I really was pouring from an empty cup. And it's important that we do that time to time because it shows us, 
ah, this is the contrast. This is how life lo- looks when it's not working, <laughs> right? We need that, that, um, that context. We don't come to earth school as with the expectation that we're going to do it perfect. And we came here to learn, to heal, to grow and evolve. So all of us have examples of, oh yeah, that's what it looks like, feels like. And what I sound like when I'm pouring from an empty cup or a low cup. So so it's a great self-reflective question to ask yourself, you know, where am I in relationship with nourishing myself first? nourishing myself first. One of the most important thing for helpers, healers, family members, people in service in the world to how, what would it take for me to nourish myself first? And what is one thing I always like the, what's the one thing I can implement in the next 12 hours that that nourishes me before I'm giving to others. Sometimes it can feel daunting if we notice our cup is low to then map out a whole epic plan of like, these are all the ways I'm gonna put me first tomorrow. (laughs) And then it just seems so big. So I always like going with one thing so we can have a win, so we can be successful. So we can just one thing. And it doesn't even have to be a 20 minute, a 30 minute practice or a 15 minute practice, anything is better than nothing. Start anywhere, start anywhere. Even if it's just uh, five minutes of infinity hands, infinity hands up at the head center, infinity hands at the heart center and infinity hands down sweeping the ground, wide-legged stance. You do that for five minutes, And it's deeply nourishing with the conscious intent of I'm clearing out the head center area, the center of wisdom, the center of where inner guidance arrives, clearing out emotions, anything that's stagnant, anything that wants attending to at the heart center, any emotions. And it never ceases to amaze me how potent simple practices are. What makes them potent is you give yourself to it. Far more effective of a practice is giving yourself whole, wholly for five minutes than a longer practice for 10 or 15 minutes. I, I'm speaking to you from experience. I did this practice the other day. And as soon as I got low to the ground, suddenly a scene just popped up in my mind's eye where I have where there's some emotional charge and some emotion, some salt water leaked out my eyes. Never would have expected. I wasn't thinking about it. It just goes to show you again and again how our biography, as Carolyn May says, is in our biology. And just by virtue of doing that practice, I had already swept in the heart center and then I was down to the uh, the body center, core center, ground center, will center, action center. And boom, there was the person's face in my mind's eye. And now that I think about it, when I saw their face, it was a pleasant exchange. One of, as if things were brought back to neutral and then there was some expression 
there was uh, there was some salt water. So practices honor all all of our layers. So nourishing ourselves does not have to be epic. We just want to be present and knowing, coming fully conscious that I'm nourishing myself right now. And another thing that comes to mind with practices is that be willing to toss in your practice yesterday that was amazing for something else today. Be willing to explore. If you notice you are not going back to practices that you, you think you should, sometimes it says a different nourishment may be calling you. In other words, if we don't have the experience of, I'm really missing something by not doing this, I'm like, I'm I miss it, I miss it. It may be an invitation to change it up, to explore something different. You know your love, you love your practice and it's a good fit when you just can't wait to participate in them. You know, like, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, I can't wait to go do that. And what we're up against, the biggest thing we're up against, I'm sure you can all guess it, with nourishing ourselves is distraction. Is distraction. And especially as givers, right? It's like, okay, I could do this or I could go fold the laundry. The laundry is like just piling up. I could do this or I could go do that other thing. Whatever the distractors are, that's usually the biggest hurdle we're up against are distractors. So thinking ahead to what can I, if I know that I'm, I have a distractibility and, and that's distractibility is for everyone. I can find it when I like suddenly my, I, can think that my refrigerator needs cleaning out when I go to do my practice, you know, <laughs> like all these other things seem so important. Like, oh, I could stack the wood. I could. <laughs> so, so just being aware of that and going into your practice, just, I don't want to say controlling for distraction. And yet what can you do to minimize it so that you really can give to yourself? Um, so let me rewind. I went a few threads away from conviction and in and asking yourself what really matters to me. That would be my, my, my greatest recommendation on the path of what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Just know what's a more important question and a, and a, and a question that is going to always serve you is what matters? What matters to me? What matters to me? Because your excitements, your passion, your, in, your enthusiasm and your inspiration are going to be the sensory responses, the, like the, you know, when magnets are coming together and they're like, then they go to like that, your excitement is, is prickly in you in a happy way because you're getting nearer to an action that is in service and devotion to what matters to you. Even if you don't know how they connect. This is why when Bashar says, follow, again, I'm paraphrasing, 
follow the sensations of your excitement. Do what excites you. Anything that excites you. Um, I can give you another example. Since I was very young, I'm sure in less than double digits, I have been a quote fanatic. Like if you saw my notes in my phone, I have over 10,000 notes of different, divided up either into topics or um, I, the author or the speaker of quotes. And I have been curating these for decades. It, it has brought me so much joy and excitement. Borderline obsession. Your excitement can be an obsession. If it's not causing harm to you or anyone else, it's keep it, okay? <laughs> and it was, for me, when I look back, it was how my education really began. Because the quotes that like in my 10, 11, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorting and curating in a little notebook, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, anything I could get my hands on. Cause at the time it was like art books in my house and encyclopedias. That's, that's what we had. You know? <laughs> there was no smartphones, nothing to, you know, I could, and, and the library and the library. So, um, now, if you fast forward, you see where, where they have evolved. The, these are the, the material for the daily contemplations that I've been writing now for every morning for about seven years. And I've used them for many over, over the years for many other things too. So my point in sharing that is you can trust the sensations of, of what captures your attention what you feel so much excitement about, so much aliveness about. It doesn't matter what it is. In some way, it's going to serve your conviction, what matters most to you. So if you don't yet know, or you haven't revisited the what's my conviction statement, that's a really great thing to know. I think that's more important to know than one's purpose. With purpose, you can just rely on following your excitement, follow your enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is a super cool word. It means to be possessed by inspiration. And inspiration means to be poured into, breathed into by the divine creative forces. So you can see how they work together. Enthusiasm and inspiration. And we can only live in the living present moment from memories, or inspiration. That's why our healing journey, which is synonymous with awakening, is so important. Because what we're doing on the healing journey, the shadow work journey, the awakening journey, the spiritual journey, is simply clearing, cleansing, purifying. Like if you've ever made clarified butter, you heat up butter, and it's the heat that brings it to you, bring it up to a slow boil and it cooks away the impurities. It cooks away the fat. So what you're left with is that beautiful golden liquid. That's what the spiritual journey is.
we're purifying, we're cleansing, we're being released from, as Rumi said, the barriers within ourselves that would prevent us from experiencing love moment by moment in our lives. It's all completely innocent. We're all on the same journey of clearing barriers, clearing out the healing journey. And this is part of our purpose. The more we can, the more we can step into trusting our enthusiasm, uh, the easier it is to do that. The more of our healing journey we we have um, attended to. What are we healing? We're healing the residual effects, the things we decided about ourselves, others in the world, the survival strategies, the ways of being to protect ourselves. When we experience the five core soul wounds of abandonment, betrayal, rejection, humiliation, and injustice. That when those happen to us between zero and 15, each time we get those wounds or deliver them innocently, we create a, 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 a survival strategy. For some people, that survival strategy is people-pleasing, right? That's a complete survival strategy. For some people, it's to be very, it's to get re rebellious is a survival strategy. So there's a whole range of ways of being we adopt in response to, to the five coarsal wounds. So that's what we're healing from because they are running the show in the unconscious, automatic, egoic world. That's where our unconscious survival strategies lie. In plain English, it's every time we're reactive, some part of our unconscious, automatic ego structure is running the show. So healing is bringing that to the conscious light of awareness because awareness equals choice. We have new choices when we're aware. So that's what was on my mind <laughs> around purpose and following your path and following your sensations of excitement. 